0: I'm Alicia and I'm Ashley
1: and we are Murder Nerds. Hello dear Murder Nerds. Welcome back to another week of Ashley, Jeremy and myself. If you're new to our little show, we cover cases of the weird, wild and bizarre and true crime. But instead of our normal stories of murder, Mayor. we are doing, oh, we're going to change it up this month. Yep, we're doing, which we established it that last week. Mm-hmm. But we're really going to solidify it this month because this month is, or this episode, this month is No Murder November. So <laughs> we're covering only cases of no murder, survival, just to remind ourselves that... There's more to murder. Than murder. There's more to murder than murder? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It's been a long day, guys.
2: (laughs) So,
0: long day. I started at 9 o'clock
2: building my
1: deck. Yeah, that's true.
0: I didn't sleep last night.
1: But I didn't do anything else today. But I stayed up all night building paper dinosaurs for the library. That sounds... I want to cut...
0: Were you using scissors?
1: Oh no! I asked my coworker. <laughs> I want to like use scissors and cut things out. That sounds like fun. Next time I have to cut all this shit out, I will let you know because I had. To, yeah. I'm making full 3D dinosaur heads and tails and, and claws.
2: Wait, like
0: with was uh, this your paper. idea? Was it mache? your idea?
1: No, it's paper craft. But was it your idea? It was. Yeah, and I always okay. do this to myself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's what I figured. <laughs> so, anyway, so many things have happened since September. Right. Yeah. The month of, month of October was, yeah, October was nuts. And we didn't talk about any of it in your last episode because I forgot because I wrote it in my episode. But we charted on good pods. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We reached 20,000 views. Mm-hmm.
2: Woo-woo. Congratulations, at, by the way. Thank
1: you. Thank you. We're at 21 now already. Uh, well, that as of recording, we're over 21,000. Um, And we have viewers in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. Oh, Yeah. I forgot. I had that written in mine, and then I must have erased it. Huh. And November is our one year anniversary of starting Merd Nerds. Woohoo! Woohoo! Yay! So to commemorate this wonderful event, we are hosting a giveaway. Um, now until December second, you can enter to win a slew of goodies from Murderers from Ashley and I, and we're throwing in some other goodies from some of our friends in the podcast world that we think that you should check out. So um, we'll have more information on social media. Yes, Jeremy, can I help you?
2: I have my hand raised. <laughs> you know, you talk about all this. Mm-hmm. You know what today? You know what this episode is. This is my 40th episode with you <gasps> oh, girls.
1: So many milestones. We can have like one every week. We could. It's we could. awesome. October and November is just our fucking time to shine, I guess. Shine on. Spoopy season. Shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> okay, like Rihanna. Is that for Logan? In the sky. You know it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, all this fun stuff happening. We're trying to commemorate and spread the love. So, follow the instructions on social media to enter and um, we'll ship that out to you. It's going to mm-hmm. be fun. A full, fun, And full, I knew fun stuff about
0: the giveaway, too. She did. I did. I she knew, knew so much it, that we were doing that. <laughs> I helped plan everything, <laughs> as I always do.
1: So before we get started, Ashley, how you doing, Jeremy? How you doing? Good.
2: <laughs> I'm good.
1: Great, Dandy,
0: fantastic. I'm glad that
2: November's here so I can wind down a little bit.
0: Same. I'm hungry, I want gravy. (laughs) That's how I feel.
2: She She just wants gravy. (laughs) She has this obsession right now with brown gravy. Well, I really would
0: like it on potatoes, but I want gravy. (laughs) I want to taste gravy. No, you
2: need it on an open-faced roast beef sandwich. Oh, shit on a shingle?
0: Fuck yeah. yeah. (laughs) I ate that a lot as a kid.
1: In Manhattan. That yeah, great. we call it shit on a shingle. Oh, it's a Manhattan. Mm-hmm. I
2: just call it gone because I've eaten it <laughs> all. <laughs> so
1: so good. here we go. Obviously, as our audience may remember, I'm sure Ashley and Jeremy don't. I need to warm up this week with a question to the two of you. Oh, my God. I forget every time. <laughs> every time. So, exciting. so yes, the question this week. If animals could talk. Which animal species do you think would be the nicest and most polite of them all?
0: <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. I'm going to have to think. You're going to have to give me a second.
2: I'll go ahead then.
0: The most polite? Yeah. The most polite and the nicest. Okay. I know. Of all you the species. You go first. I go first? Yeah. A turtle. A turtle?
2: Yeah. They're just like so slow going, ease back. Yeah, they'd have like an like, old voice
0: and be like, yeah. sorry, Sonny, I'll be across the street <laughs> soon.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not gonna make it. <laughs> could you give me a hand? <laughs> I was thinking cows because I was picturing them Aww, as like old yeah. women and like being like super helpful but cheery, but like chill
1: as fuck. Yeah, I could see that. You don't know. Well,
2: want- you know, hold on. Let's let's let's. Pump the brakes on that one second. If you had a cow that could talk, would you really want to be there when they got got slaughtered? No, because I'm going to have
0: a pet cow. I'm not going to slaughter it.
2: You're just going to have a pet cow? Yeah. Okay.
0: And I'm going to have a half door so the cow can come up and put its head in and I can pet her. What a dream. I've been talking about that for like at least eight years. I even drew it. I have a drawing of it somewhere. Well, I, I, I believe eight
2: that. Years. I believe that so much.
0: I, I'm in the picture petting a cow <laughs> in my house,
1: like- in my earth because <laughs> I drew it eight years ago. Do you want to know what my answer is? Yeah. Oh, God. The first thing that came to my mind was a quokka. Do you know what that is? No. That's it's- the first thing that came to your mind.
0: You would suck at fucking Family Feud. you know that? <laughs> No one, no Show like, me guaca. It's like, name a bird. She's like the Fern Hill beaver-footed bird. I don't know what
1: It's a beaver-footed I don't bird. don't <laughs> Can someone draw that for us? Uh, the Fern, Fern Hill, Hill beaver- beaver-footed, beaver-footed bird. <laughs> anyway, the kawaka. I know you guys have both seen it. It's this it little... sounds like that Venezuelan restaurant in it's... South
0: Bend. <laughs>
2: I thought I'd dip my chips
1: in it. Kawakamole. <laughs> 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 They're these little Australian marsupials. And oh my god, just... it's not
0: the bush baby type thing, No, okay. Nope,
1: they always have a smile on their faces.
0: I want to see.
2: Well, at least they need the cactus cat. That's
0: oh, true. I have seen those. are so cute.
1: He would be so polite he's so fucking cute
0: do you need help moving that across your yard i can help you (laughs) they're
1: so look at him i just fired up the grill oh my god stop (laughs) if you don't know what it looks like please just google it
2: you've gotta you've gotta post that in the show
1: notes i will
0: that exact one where he's eating that leaf that is the cutest fucking thing (laughs) i've ever seen in my life it's
1: q u o k k a a kawaka, Kwaka. and they're so cute. Look, this one's got a baby in. Did it you see a still picture smiling? of
0: one and be like, "I want to talk about this," and then and then came up with the question. She
2: created the question. Really?
0: Oh my god! <laughs> I just keep showing. He looks pictures like it's of- <laughs> <like> so excited. <laughs>
1: They're so cute. That picture looks like exist? he just farted.
2: I mean, you know, it was like how do those you know? exist?
1: Yeah, they're like the best critter. Oh, wow, look they're at this so one. Cute. He's going into You're right. Mug. Oh my god.
2: Okay, okay. We need to stop looking at pictures because I want you to tell me what he would sound like.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh.
2: What do you have a high pitched voice? Oh like?
1: yeah, for sure. Hello, <laughs> guys. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
0: here for a good time. You sound like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> do. it does so he sound
2: sounds like Mickey Well, he's got the same ears, so I mean.
1: Oh like my God, mouth.
0: that thing's fucking cute. You probably can't have those as pets
1: around here, can you? It's probably Well, illegal. they're Australian, they're marsupials, and they probably are endangered, because everything fucking is in Australia. Humans. <laughs> <clears throat> so, right. now yeah, that, that.
2: That was a good question. It's real good find out that they killed somebody one day.
0: Yeah, like a Never mind. This is no murder, I was November. to say like a dingo.
1: <laughs> so, Ashley did a not true crime story. I did do a true crime story that is no murder. November. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I'm going to just start off by saying that this does have to deal with an attack on a school. So, if you want to skip this week, I totally understand. We'll see you next week. Fucking kids every
0: fucking time. (laughs) Every week. Every week. Every
1: week. week. So one of the worst possible crimes in this country is someone attacking a school, right? Like, School's supposed to be a safe place for kids where kids can go and learn life skills, meet friends, and discover who they are. It seems like every day we hear more and more instances of schools being attacked or threatened. And even though this is horrible, there are heroes in these instances. So this is the story about quick thinking calmness and heroes that saved dozens of children's lives there is no murder in this story everybody survives so i'm gonna no but i am (laughs) shit okay On May 16th, 18, not 1886, 1986. Holy moly, I'm a whole hundred years off. I'm telling you. I hope this isn't the story I think it is. Cynthia had a job interview at Cokeville Elementary School in Cokeville, Wyoming. Oh
0: my gosh. What? I just read about the story. Is there a shopping cart involved? (laughs) No, (laughs) there's not. Are you sure? I'm positive. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of a different one. I thought it was Cokeville, though. It is Cokeville. Hmm. Just, just keep going. I'll let you know if it's the one.
1: So, Cokeville only had a population of about 600 people, pretty small, and Cynthia originally was teaching second grade in Nevada, but being a Wyoming native, she was willing to take a job pretty much wherever she could just to get back to her home state, because she missed being home. And before the interview, she had waited a while in her car, in the school parking lot, just wasting some time, and then she watched as a white van pulled in and parked. She assumed it was probably a janitor, considering they started unloading things from the back of the van. And while Cynthia waited, Russ, who is a fourth grader, sat in Mrs. Sparks' class as she read them a book after lunch. And this was a nice change of pace for the kids to calm down because they just ate. They had their midday recesses, basically prepped them for learning for the next few hours at the end of the day. And I don't think they do this anymore, but in the 80s and even in the 90s, there were these vaccination clinics held at schools during school hours. The teachers would take all the kids down to the gym or, you know, wherever they held the clinic, and they would all line up and get shots. So rumors were floating around Cokeville Elementary that today was the vaccination day. What? What are you shaking your head about? Did you see the fly?
2: No, I just heard shots. Oh,
1: you don't like shots?
2: (laughs) I thought you were in correlation with something else. No, 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 no. Okay
1: um but yeah they thought today was vaccination day but considering it was already midday kids were hoping it was just nothing more than rumors and they would get out of the vaccines but by now it was close to time for Cynthia to go into the school for her interview and as she entered the doors and went to the office she remember this is 1986 you could just walk right into a school right right, right. um she walked into the office And when she walked up to the secretary, she saw there was a man and it was the man that was driving the white van and he was speaking to the secretary. So Cynthia walked up to check in and let them know that she was there. And the man she noticed was wearing a tool belt and he looked at her and he grabbed a tool from his tool belt and then he turned and pointed the tool directly at Cynthia's head. Now, she thought maybe it was just a joke and laughed while saying, is this a new job interview technique? Like, she just thought it was, you know, how you nervously say stupid stuff. Right. Um, And then the secretary looked at Cynthia with fear in her eyes and the color draining from her face. Cynthia knew then that something was very, very wrong. She began looking around the office, trying to find a way to escape and flee from this man. And she thought if she tried to escape... Would there be somebody outside that was waiting to attack her by her car since that van was right by her? And um, so as she turned around to leave out the door, she came in, a woman was already waiting there. And she pointed a gun at Cynthia and said, I wouldn't do that. Cynthia then heard the man behind her say, you just walked into the middle of a revolution. The man then told the woman to start gathering all of the children from their classrooms. Ashley's face right now is killing me.
0: This is the story. They they had a sh- they had put a, sh- a shopping cart into the... I read it from a different person's perspective that saw them enter the building, and they oh. had a shopping cart.
1: Interesting. I didn't see it. I believe. It. I believe. I'll let
0: you keep going. I'll let you know. But I'm pretty sure it's the same. It sounds right. That'd be weird if it wasn't. Because that's exactly what they said. This is a revolution.
1: I watched this on I Survived. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 It's the one. <laughs> Russ and his classmates were still patiently listening to the story their teacher was telling when they heard a knock at the classroom door. Mrs. Sparks put down the book and went to answer the classroom door where a woman was standing. The woman told Mrs. Sparks that she needed to take her class to the other end of the building. So she did. Everyone just assumed it was for the health department taking them to get a round of vaccinations and no one had any clue was about what was about to happen. A second grade teacher named Carol was also reading to her classroom when the woman walked directly into the room. She walked to the table where Carol was reading from, leaned over to her and said, gather your children and bring them to the classroom too. There has been an emergency. Carol looked over the woman. Um, She was middle aged with very unkempt hair. Just she seemed out of place to be there. Um, And she could just sense that something was off. Carol kind of ignored her and just kept reading to the kids, and this just pissed the woman off. She said again, this time more forceful, bring your children immediately. There is an emergency. Carol thought maybe this was just an emergency exercise, and she should go. Um, You know, this was important for kids to learn what to do in emergency situations. so she lined the 24 kids up, (laughs) led them down the hall, and into the classroom next to hers. The 80s really were a different time. Just follow some
0: random ratty ass, ratty haired bitch down the hallway because she says so. Yeah. Let
1: me see some identification, ma'am. Do you have a visitor's (laughs) badge? Okay. Right. By the time she got to the classroom, there were already a lot of kids there. The tables had been moved around and the lights were off. The classroom was surrounded um, with windows, and under the windows, they could see things. They were crates. And on the sides of the crates were printed ammo and explosives. The smell of gas hit Carol's nose and she immediately felt sick. As she looked around more, she saw that there were guns lined around and under the chalkboard. So she tried to keep her panic to a minimum so that she could keep the kids calm. Cynthia started getting pushed towards the classroom classroom herself by the man and the woman um, and considering no one knew who she was once she got into the classroom all of the teachers that were in there were glaring and suspecting that she was part of this because she was just there for a fucking interview right right but she was not know your face yeah yeah exactly um, so the couple left the room left Cynthia there and one of the teachers finally got enough courage to walk up and ask her, who she was so Cynthia told them that she was there for a teaching interview and just someone that got dragged along with this
0: terrible wrong place wrong time for real
1: that's awful the entire school was being sardined into this one classroom 154 students and teachers it was getting more and more crowded and no one had a clue what was going on it was a nice warm spring day and the more bodies in the room were making the temperature go up. Obviously, you know how it is when you're in a crowded room, no AC. Mm -hmm. Everyone was getting hot, scared, and unsure of what the next move would be. The principal stood up and signaled for everyone to quiet down and calm down because he was going to make a comment about what was going on. He explained that they were being held hostage. He let everyone know that they were in a lot of danger and that there was a bomb inside of the room. So, the man had attached himself to a homemade bomb. Um, And on the bomb, there was a dead man's switch. And a dead man's switch is a detonator that will go off even if they try to take him down. So, um, like, if they tried to shoot him, if someone tried to, like, shove him away or whatever else, it was like a string. Right, it was like on a
0: string, yeah. Yeah,
1: attached to his wrist. I
0: think the bomb was in a shopping cart. No, it was not. It was attached to... I just listened to that. What was I listening to? My Favorite murder, I think. Karen did it on My Favorite murder, Huh.
1: I probably was just basing out. It could have been. I think this has happened several times in different situations. <clears throat> okay. Anyway, sorry. Maybe we were wrong, though. Um, so if he moved away from that bomb, it would go off. There was enough explosives in this bomb to take down the entire wing of the school that they were in. The gas on the bomb was leaking and it started to make kids really sick. Um, So that on top of the kids crying, panicking and overall just worry, Russ tried to do his best to comfort his friends and fellow peers as best as he could. And Russ, when he's telling this story, is like probably in his 30s and he's remembering being this 10 year old Mm -hmm. kid. And it's really sweet because he's like, you know, I wanted to protect them even so oh, I was just helpless as they were. He was
0: like their peers, but he still
1: had that mentality. Yeah. Oh, it was a, what very a sweet. Sweetie. The teachers in the room started talking and they began to realize that they knew exactly who the two hostages, hostage takers were David and Doris Young. David was once a sheriff at the police department, um, but he was fired for misconduct. A fifth grade teacher went up to David and said to him, you don't have to do this, David. You don't want to do this, David. But it was no use. David just looked at him and said, you better back up or I'll shoot. And then he pulled a gun from his waist. Russ, even at 10 years old, noticed how serious the situation was. David had three firearms on him, one being a Colt forty-five and a knife. That was quite a bit of weapons, um, and he had them ready to use immediately. The Colt forty-five was just sitting in his lap with the hammer cocked. So David told all of them that he was a revolutionary and he demanded a $2 million ransom for each child in the room. Mm -hmm. He then handed the teachers his manifesto, which was printed on a piece of paper, um, detailing his thoughts and plan about the revolution that he was heading. So, Cynthia began reading it, and within the first couple sentences, she knew that this was just really, really bad. David made no sense in any of his writing. It was more or less just a ton of ramblings that he had put together. It started out infinity plus infinity, and then just a slew of things that no one went David, but Wasn't David it, could understand. It was
0: called zero equals infinity or something like
1: that? I don't know. I just, the, the infinity plus infinity. Hmm. Um. But the teachers knew that not only was this dangerous for obvious reasons, but David was not at all right in this state of mind. He was sick and he was capable of anything. David kept looking around, observing the entire room. He would watch the door, watch each and every person, making sure that they weren't planning to take off. He was extremely nervous. And in the beginning, everyone said to stay away from him and the bomb, but the longer they stayed in there, everyone kind of grew more comfortable, like all the kids weren't so worried because nothing was happening. There was no reason. Right, for them you to just adapt. They just calmed down. And, exactly. Yeah. And David didn't like that at all. He was nervous that the kids would get rowdy and bump into him and set the bomb off. So he decided to have the teachers put up a magic square with masking tape in the center of the room, which only he could go in is what the teachers told the kids. Like, this is a magic square. Only David couldn't sit in the magic square. Only David can cross this line of masking tape. And it was just to deter the kids from going near him. But the sad thing is, is some of the kids just walked up to the square and just sat and watched David. Like, they just sat cross-legged just watching him. Right, because it's like he's in the magic square. That's super cool. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So, Doris stood outside of the door making sure that People couldn't leave. And David started talking to the kids. He told the kids that their lives were precious. And then he pointed to the guns light up under the chalkboard. And he said those guns were for them. Now, yeah. What does that mean? To use or? He just said they were for them. Um. But they had to listen and obey him. And then he pointed to the rifles that were under the chalkboard and said that those were for the teachers, but not in the same way. He said, You guys mean nothing to me. So Doris kept telling the children that they were all just having a big adventure. And Cynthia knew this wouldn't um this wasn't like substance abuse. Um they weren't drunk, they weren't like high that the youngs had both become extreme radicals by now it was nearly the end of the school day and the kids were getting really antsy staring at the clock thinking okay when the bell rings we get to go home this will all be over but of course that wouldn't be the case so the teachers started getting worried and they told the kids that they would not be leaving when the bell rang and then, like, the kindergartners and the smallest kids, um, they started crying because they wanted to leave, They get scared all over again. Yeah, exactly. One of the students turned to Carol and said, teacher, when do we get to go home? And she didn't know what to tell them other than we get to go home when they tell us that we can go home. All around the room, kids huddled around their teachers Cynthia gathered herself a group of kids to keep track of, and she remembered taking her kids and taking them to the furthest corner away from David, hoping maybe she could shield them enough that if the bomb did go off, that she could possibly save them. Russ grew up playing Army in G.I. Joe, so even at 10 years old, he remembers thinking that he could get his buddies and they could take this guy out. Uh, just like he and his friends did when they played army. He kept thinking, why is no one else taking this guy out? Because I could. It's really <laughs> sweet that he remembers so long ago, even his thought process at 10 years old, um, thinking that he could just be unstoppable, even in the scariest of times. He was always wanting to protect other people. Above the group, they started to hear helicopters, but they didn't know if they were there to help or if somehow they were part of David and Doris's plan um they'd been in the room for hours now and of course nature calls david had to use the bathroom so he called doris over to him he untied the dead man's switch from his own wrist and tied it to doris's david then walked across the room stepping around the kids and exited the room to use the bathroom the kids began whispering to one another david was gone david the bad guy Maybe that meant that things would change. Maybe Doris would let them go free and then um, they wouldn't have to deal with him anymore. But unfortunately, Doris really wasn't all there. She, I mean, obviously, but um, to the adults in the room, they noticed that she was just like staring off into nowhere and was just in the middle of the magic square, just looking around at nothing. It was really bizarre how out of it she was.
0: I appreciate that you're still referring to it as the magic square. (laughs) Casually like that.
1: (laughs) One of the teachers had a child that had been so scared that she puked all over herself. Um, So she walked over to Doris, asked if she could take this child to the restroom to clean them up. Doris turned to face the teacher and child and dropped the dead man's switch in the process. The next thing that happened was the whoosh of a gas explosion. The sound was deafening, but even worse was the screams of the children. Panic, fear, hysteria. The air was thick with it, and the room was growing thicker with smoke. The acrid stench of black smoke filled the room, and the kids and adults started choking and panicking, trying to escape it. No one could breathe through the gas smell. Not only did the bomb go off, but the ammunition that was placed in the room was starting to catch fire and go off. Kids were in full fledged panic. Russ decided that he was done being here and he wanted his class- classmates out too. One of the sixth grade teachers was by the door, motioning everyone to get out. Carol wanted to leave, but she refused to leave behind any of the children. She could hear them, but she couldn't see them because of the thickness of the black smoke. Russ felt like everything was happening in slow motion. He wanted to escape and he watched as others did as well. So he turned around to go towards the door, and he saw a ball of fire coming towards him, right directly at him. And it looked like a person. It was Doris Young. She looked like a human torch. Yeah.
0: Scary. Yeah. The bad lady, yeah.
1: Cynthia saw the nearest exit, and it was a window. She went to the window and got the older kids out so that she could help with getting the, they could help with getting the younger kids out who couldn 't climb or get themselves out as well so um, Finally, once the older kids got out the window, she started lifting up the younger kids. She basically was launching them out the window at rapid speed, and they were, like, using her thigh to launch themselves. Like, they didn't care if anybody was there to catch them on the other side. Um, Right. Well, and it was a one-story school, Yes. Yeah. The entire time, she would try to catch her breath and breathe through her shirt, but she couldn't get enough air and was, like, she could feel herself panicking and, like, I can't breathe. So, um, but she didn't want to leave the kids behind, Russ tried to escape out the door and down the bathroom hallway, and he decided to go through the hallway, the bathroom hallway that was also an exit. And um, there were other kids that were leaving that way as well. But by this time, David had used the bathroom and was standing in the doorway of the bathroom in the hall with a pistol in each hand. And he was trying to shoot his people at people as they were leaving. Russ thought, I'm going to die because now he was kind of stuck. This was his only exit. Cynthia then realized the only way that she could save any more children from the smoke-filled room was if she herself got fresh air. So she jumped out of the window, took a few deep breaths, and then went back to get more kids out. She screamed through the window, telling the kids to go towards the sound of her voice, that they needed to look for the light of the window, and raise their hands up. And they would go to the window and raise their hands up, so she would grab the hands and just chuck them. And there was more adults behind her and other people that were helping. So she would just grab them and like pearl and sacks potatoes. Right. So then it got to a moment where there were no more hands, but still a ton more kids that needed to escape the room. Carol was still in the room trying to find the children in the cl- in the classroom. Um, she would leave the room and then she'd walk back in and try to find her kids that were in her class. And then finally, after times of going back and forth, she couldn't find them. She ran down the hallway and she was able to get directly outside. And then she saw one of her kids that was in her class and it was a little boy and he was just hysterically screaming and alone. Um, she ran to him, gave him a big hug. It tried to comfort him, but instead he just screamed louder and she couldn't understand. So she pulled back and then she saw it, his arm. There was skin hanging off of it. Um, burns from the explosion thankfully ambulances had begun to arrive at that point and they were taking away the injured so Russ was still stuck in the fiery classroom trapped with the other students because he had nowhere else to go the hallway was where David was um, so he didn't have any choice David came out of the bathroom and was in the doorway of the classroom now and he started firing his gun Russ decided that he was just going to go he was going to sneak through the smoke and get around David without him seeing him. Luckily, he did make it. He, it was so smoky in there that he was able to kind of sneak around. He ran down the hallway and found one of his classmates on the ground. Now, like Ashley said, this is a one, um, this is a one-story school. The the hallways were really, really narrow. Like I think they said it was like three feet from wall to wall. Um, Jesus. Yeah, it was really small. Um, so. He, when he was running down the hallway, one of his classmates was on the ground and he tried to lean down and pick them up, but, um, he, like, he knew he needed to get out of there, but he didn't want to leave her behind. But before he could grab her and try to like hoist her and get her to go, there was more kids behind him and they shoved him over the girl and he had to leave her because they were just like stampeding. There was no way. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, Russ's house was directly behind the school. He could see the fence that he climbed over every single day to get to and from school, and that was his safe space, obviously. He climbed the fence? Yeah. That's so cool. (laughs) Um, So, he ran as fast as he could, faster than he ever ran, and climbed over the fence. He busted into his house and started screaming for his parents, and no one was home. So, Uh Russ just felt like the situation wasn't over now. Like, he's in his own home, and he doesn't even have any comfort, like... He started worrying, you know, what if they come after me? What if they know I'm here? Mm -hmm. Like in panic. So Russ watched as kids were running down the road in front of his house. He ran outside and they started telling him, go to the city hall. Everyone's supposed to go to city hall. I'm assuming they didn't really say, but I'm assuming it's like a like a one solid place for everybody to meet. Like if you like like an emergency situation yes, or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you know, meet your kids there, every if everybody needs there, you'll find your loved one. Right.
0: And I mean you said the population was what, like six hundred? Yeah. So Town Square is probably a half a block from the
1: school. Exactly. So. Exactly. So Rush joined them and then he ran past his grandma's house, his grandparents' house and decided no, he wouldn't go to City Hall. He was just gonna go to his grandparents. Surely they would be home. Um And as he walked up, Russ saw that his grandfather and his cousins were standing inside. His little cousin, Cameron, had also been in that classroom as well. And he was covered black from head to toe with soot and smoke. Um, And the way Russ, Russ kind of like galed about it because he was just covered completely. Like somebody dumped him down a chimney. But it was sad because he just had these two trails down his face that had all all the soot and smoke had been cleared away from him crying um so their grandfather had his hands on cameron's shoulder and waved russ to come over to them and russ remembers hearing his grandfather say you come here now you're safe you're safe with me and a wave of relief fell over him and he hadn't felt safe until that exact moment
0: right that's that's your comfort is when your parent or your grandparent, all you, they got to do is wrap their arms around you and you're like, okay, everything's yes. going to be
1: okay now. Exactly. So, Cynthia thought there were dead kids in the room. Um, if it was from the explosion and being burnt to death, the thickness of the smoke wouldn't have allowed it. Um, there was no way that anybody survived. When Cynthia stopped and looked around, she realized that there were a lot more children that were outside than she originally thought. Um She's like, I didn't pull all these kids out of here. There's no way. Cynthia thought there was only the window as an exit, but really there were two other exits that the children escaped from. All 154 hostages were able to escape. Sadly, one teacher had been shot by David, and 13 other people, children included, had been badly burned from the explosion, but there were no fatalities among those that were held against their will. All the children recovered. Do you know... From the time
0: they got there to the time the kids all got out, do you know how like that time frame? No, I don't. I didn't. Because I'm wondering if it was just like—I mean, it could be 30 minutes. It could be 30
1: hours. Like, I don't think—I think it was— Like, same day? Yeah, it was definitely the same day, for sure. Um, When David had went back into the classroom, he found Doris on the ground— Most of her body was burned, and she was screaming in agony, so he shot her, and then he went back into the bathroom and shot himself. When the police went into the school to survey and find anything else, or find anyone else, um, all they found were David and Doris that were both dead from gunshot wounds. The next morning, Cynthia met with the Cokeville superintendent in the parking lot of the school. He apologized for this being her first impression of the school, and that she was sent in to deal with all of this but Cynthia just responded jokingly well you damn well owe me a job now (laughs) nice that's how you get a job yeah just to (laughs) lighten the mood um but he did offer her a job Cynthia was hired as the kindergarten teacher and stayed there for two years it's kind of funny really the magic square that David created because it kind of was magic it saved those kids the magic square kept the kids far away protecting them from something that could have been a way worse situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So David Young's original plan was to... This is so fucking off the rails. Mm -hmm. Um, He wanted to take all of the adults and children in that room and take them on a bus. And then he was going to take them out into the middle of nowhere and detonate the bomb and blow it to blow them up. His idea was that he could take them to his special afterlife, quote unquote, where he was creating this new world where there was no violence, no government and there was nothing but peace, which seems counterintuitive to what exactly what he's doing. And he I think he said um it was
0: he was going to do that and kill everybody after he got the money because then he would have his army or his you know, village of people or whatever, and all the money, all of that would go to his afterlife with him.
1: (laughs) How wild. Fucking dumb. So another wild piece of information about this case was the bomb. Only one-seventh of the bomb detonated. It completely malfunctioned. If it went off correctly, everyone would have died in that room. So whether it was luck, a higher power, or just idiots who messed up, Those children lived that day. They were able to stay calm. The adults were able to get the kids out quickly. And people were using thought and perseverance instead of going into full-fledged panic and chaos. And I think that's pretty fucking admirable. So what do you think?
0: So that I survived. It was Russ was telling the story? It was Russ,
1: Cynthia, and Carol. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: Nice. That story, that's so crazy. I just listened to that episode like... Yesterday or like the day before,
1: I don't even remember that. It's
0: it's old. It's an older one because I'm I'm still catching up. But yeah, that's a crazy story. Nutso. What do you think, Jay? He's sleepy.
2: It's a good story. Um, my one thought that I can take away from all this is what a pussy-ass revolution that that <laughs> motherfucker's got. Yeah, a bunch right. of
0: freaking grade school kids.
2: Grade school kids, and then you <clears throat> fucking go take your own life? You fucking pussy-ass bitch motherfucker. I'm glad you're dead. Yeah. Done. No shit.
0: No shit. You tell him, mercy, He Mercy killed his wife, and then... Yeah. And you know what? Also... Another like weird fact is I think they had a friend and their daughter were going to they thought they were just going to like rob a bank like for the revolution, whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, because he just had this plan, he just didn't tell them what it was. Well, when they pulled up to the school and he announced his plan, his friend and his daughter both bailed. And Good. they took that car, and his daughter went straight to the police, and that's why the the ambulances and everybody were already ready. Yes, yeah, so when yeah, they started breaking out, I'm
1: I didn't, I didn't. And the only reason look I know that is because well. just
0: listened to it yesterday.
1: <laughs> I didn't look into this case that well, I guess, because I'm going to be real frank with you. You just watched the episode. I watched the episode and um, forgot it was No Murder November. So I wrote this all yesterday at work.
0: You forgot? I totally forgot. You naughty little girl. I That's totally weird forgot. To yeah, <laughs> that was a weird <laughs> kind of podcast. Super
1: weird. <laughs> Listen, I know I've been listening to a lot of smut on audiobook. I, but <laughs> oh my gosh, you're listening to it on audiobook? Heck yes, I am, and it's the graphic audio, so there's all different kinds of voice actors and sound effects and a sound. <laughs> it's so good. Just download the app. She's over here getting her fix from Audible. It's not Audible, it's Libby. I'm cheap and I'm oh, a fucking Oh yeah, Libby's free, motherfuckers. No, it's, it's Hoopla. Oh. I'm a librarian. I'm. It's. It Why wouldn't towards... you have Libby then? I have both. Oh, of course you do.
2: I just got Audible.
1: Don't get Audible. I paid for it for a while. Get a library card and you yeah, can you just can use Libby get it for, for free. No,
2: I got Audible. Only for one book. <laughs> and that is Dave Gruel's The Storyteller. And I've already listened to it twice. Oh <laughs> <laughs> sorry go ahead
1: go get a library card can you
2: no i am not allowed within 30 feet of a library
1: <laughs> shut up oh, no. <laughs> don't be saying that out loud honey. do you pay taxes? <laughs> yeah but, but would you be bourbon it would be bourbon or... uh, I'd be uh, no bourbon i would actually be
2: warsaw I, and bourbon's still another county
0: Jesus it's not Christ. county
1: it's township
2: oh it'd probably still be i don't know i'll look into it
0: yeah because libby's
1: free I,
2: but
0: I still have on. Is the butcher I'm and okay. the Wren
1: on there? I don't know. That book is uh, horrible.
0: Also, <laughs> look. Frank. Well, I yeah, I <laughs> it was fucking
1: awful. It was a chore to read. It's a chore for me to read right now. Anyway, I can't focus on squat. But that was literally torturous. It was very bad. Nina and her girlfriend,
0: really liked it. No,
1: they're lying. <clears throat> yeah, I want to listen to it. Listen I don't to read
2: Dave it. Grohl's "The Storyteller."
0: What was the band Dave Grohl was in
1: before? Nirvana. That's
0: right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, I just read about his daughter was like asking him like really cute questions about Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. And did you is that excerpts from his book? There, I bet. Yeah, I bet yeah. it is. Probably. It was really. I'm
2: trying sweet. to remember. I know, that he. he uh, wow, way off topic. Sorry, but uh, yeah, he talks a lot about his daughters and performing with his daughters. Mm-hmm. And there's you know, but no, it, it starts back from when when he was a kid and his mom and. And how his mom kind of got him started into this love of music, and that's
0: awesome. Yeah, yeah My great. coworkers buying his <clears throat> buying his son's a drum set, like a really nice drum set, because they want to learn how to play drums. Yeah, nice. I'm like, damn,
1: that's cool. Yeah, that is cool. My son plays the trumpet.
2: It's pretty cool too. <laughs> How's he doing with it? Great.
1: Good. It's doing really good. He likes it. Loves it. Aww. He's so cute. He's the best. <laughs> He's definitely my favorite son.
0: you know there's this spot <laughs> there's this spot I only have one son that's why it's funny <laughs> when I walk it's it's between my apartment and your house, and there are little not little there there's vans, footprints in the cement, and every time I walk, I'm always like like I feel like Azure did it, and I uh-huh. always think of Azure every time I walk over that sidewalk. <gasps>
1: That's cute. I, could just, I just
0: picture him walking home. I know exactly where you're talking about. Right. Right by the daycare yep. thing. Whoops. Yep. Yeah. Because it's like about his size too. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that so, one's kind of a doozy, but not.
2: I, I thought for a minute you were going to get her to cry. There was a. I think it was when the little boy with the burnt oh, arm. Oh yeah, God! Yeah, I, was, I oh. thought for sure she was. See, they
0: didn't talk about that, and when I listened the other day, they didn't talk about any real injuries except for the teacher that got shot. Hmm.
2: That's a pretty remarkable, though, that there was nobody hurt. Yeah, yeah good
0: for thing real. the perpetrators were fucking morons and don't know how to build bombs, so that's cool.
2: Why did they explain why he got fired from the police department?
0: Misconduct. Yeah, yeah, there was no details. I wonder just, if he I don't was know. just losing, like grip his, of reality. Yes. Right, that's what it feels like. And maybe he was like following his own laws instead of like following law laws. And you can't do that when you're yeah. a practicing police officer, <laughs> La-la. obviously. Law laws. Law laws.
1: La, la, la. All right, so I want to know what you all think, dear listeners. If you have something to say, hit us up on our social media platforms, which are located in the show notes, or feel free to search MerdNerds on all popular social media. You can comment, you can message, whatever, and we will get back to you as soon as we can. It's usually me. Ashley's off in La La Land.
0: I pay attention.
1: <laughs> you I can, know things. You can also email us at MurdNerds at gmail.com, and if you haven't yet... If you're an Apple or Spotify listener, please go rate and review us. This is the best and easiest way to support the podcast. This helps us gain traction in the charts and get sponsors to like us. And if you're a fan of Murder Nerds, there's a pretty good chance that you'll be a fan of one of the other podcasts in the Golden Mojo. Mm -hmm. Nope. Yep. Golden Mojo. Entertainment. Entertainment
2: of network of podcast. For some
1: reason, I wrote Golden Image Entertainment because I'm. It
2: is so easy to do. It is so easy. It to
1: really do. is. It's a, it's
0: a jamble. It's a Fall Out Boy song again. Another Fall Out Boy reference. Anything that's a string of words, it's a Fall Out
1: Boy song, and I'll say it every time. So Mondays are for the call guys. There are resident uh, movie, pop culture, music, knowledgeable guys. Uh, Tuesdays are Golden Image podcast which is our resident Indiana trekkers. They Mm -hmm. tell us all the things. Foodies and... You like food? So do they. They go places. You like to walk around? You like to know about places that you've never been? Yep. They go places so you want to. I like how I created a tagline for you guys, and we can't even create one for Merd nerds. (laughs) It's been a fucking year, and I've been like, where's our tagline? (laughs) Oh, we don't have a tagline. Nope. We don't. Wednesdays. (laughs) Go ahead. Wednesdays is uh, the United States of Paranormal where we're your resident Ooh. resident wind. <laughs> <laughs> it was a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and Thursdays are for the Indiana Chiefs fans. Football. Your resident Indiana Chiefs fans. There you go. <laughs> go sports! <laughs> Do the sports. Throw the, the ball. Our little
2: slice of Chief's kingdom right here in the great state of Indiana.
1: Mm-hmm. Indiana. It's all right. You like arrowheads? So you like do they.
0: cornfields? <laughs> do you like the Chiefs?
2: <laughs> we got it all covered.
1: And Friday's... Murder. 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 Judith Snow. <laughs> <laughs> and I bring mur- murder. Murder. <laughs> Judas no. <laughs> so thank you all for listening um, and the continued support. Don't forget to check out social media and how you can enter the one year anniversary giveaway. Until next week, if no one has told you today, please stay safe, make good choices, rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> and we love you. That's and we
0: love
2: of the you. Make good choices, rate, review, and subscribe.
1: Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.